Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. This is episode number 83, Free Up to Rise Up with Connor Gillivan. What is going on, everyone? This is Jason Wright, your host, and I've got another great show for you this week. Um, as always here lately, this episode is brought to you by 7daypodcastlaunch.com. You guys have been thinking about starting a podcast of your own, but you're not quite sure where to begin. This is made just for you. You sign up. I send you an email a day for seven days covering the basics of podcasting. It's fun. It's easy. It's uh, super digestible, 10 minutes a day or less. At the end of seven days, you'll be ready to rock. Again, that is the number seven day podcast launch.com or you can text podcast launch all lowercase no space to 678-506-7543 and for those of you that are signing up i'd love to get some feedback from you on that as well so this week we've got another great show with a great guest um want to share a interesting story with you so it's going to be kind of vague intentionally but you'll get the gist of it so why is it that we find ourselves in situations that we're not happy in. It could be work, it could be relationships, it could be some kind of affiliation or club or, or a board you're on or something like that. And we just sit back and, and stay in it. We stay in the misery and we come up with all the reasons why we can't leave, but there's literally, not only is the door not locked, you know, proverbially, but there's no door at all, just a door frame. Why, why isn't we just walk out the door and leave that uncomfortable environment? You know, I mean, I, I've fallen into this. I'm sure everybody else has as well. But we got to keep it in perspective that if you don't like something or something's not working in your life, your business, it's time to try something new. And almost always, it's it's just a matter of us getting past our own limitations with it and doing it. So, you know, that's my my vague kind of random story to think about. But seriously, if there's something you don't like in your life, your business, it doesn't matter how much time or effort you've put into it to this point. But it's not working. Try something new. Try something new. So I'm going to be talking to Connor today on the show, and he tells us about this really, really cool business he started. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. Um, I, I've enjoyed, uh, you know, I've enjoyed talking to him. And I've enjoyed making this and even thinking back on that conversation. And I think there's great things to come for him. And I think uh, this show will give you great value today. So let's check it out. What's happening, everybody? I've got another amazing guest with me this week. I've got Connor Gillivan with me. And Connor is the co-founder and chief content marketing officer of FreeUp.com. Very, very cool site. He's an author and a highly successful entrepreneur as well. Connor, welcome to the show, man. Jason, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited to chat. No problem at all. And just so I'm clear, FreeUp is like a... It's a hands-on solution to hire remote workers online with a focus on the top 1%. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So we're, we're similar, if anyone's familiar with, uh, you know, like Upwork is the biggest online hiring marketplace. Before them was Freelancer, and before it was Upwork, it was Odesk and Elance. And, you know, there's, there's tons of other sites out there. But what makes us unique is 
we actually interview and train all of the freelancers within our network on communication before they become available to the business owner. So whereas on an Upwork or another hiring marketplace, you can post a job, freelancers can apply and you can interview them yourselves. We take care of that on the front end and then we hook you up with the, the most reliable. I love that, man. I, uh, I've done a bunch of work on Upwork and I hire my team through Upwork and I've got an HR background as well. So all these things are very familiar to me. It's a great idea that you have here. I love it. I absolutely love it. Nice. Well, how did you, what, what got you to the point where you came up with the concept of your company? I mean, what, what did you have to go through to say, you know what, we need to make something that doesn't exist? Yeah, of course. So my business partner and I, his name is Nathan Hirsch. We've, we've actually been working together now for about seven years. This is our second business working together. And on, on the first business, it was an e-commerce play, uh, a dropship business working through the Amazon marketplace. And uh, if you're familiar with e-commerce at all, there's a lot of daily operations that require just pretty repetitive, pretty mundane work. And so after building the business to, to become something that was a lot more than we could handle ourselves, we were starting to hire people locally to help us out. But then another entrepreneur in the Orlando area recommended that we check out Upwork. Um, and it, it was actually Odesk at the time. So we went to Odesk. He had given us a recommendation of someone that he had hired before. And so we hired her and, and brought her on to help us out with some tasks. And it worked out really well. We saw some potential to continue to hire people at, at more affordable rates that could help us with growing our business. And so we really just dove into it. And uh, we, we got a lot of surprises along the way. The first year to two years was a, a, a big learning curve. You know, we were first really excited about that, that dollar hourly rate. So we're, you know, we were going for the cheapest ones. We were excited by that. We found out that didn't work out too well. Um, we were trying to hire people without going through uh, an intense interview process and ended up having a lot of turnover. So that hurt us a lot in, in running the business. And, and then what we realized after, you know, that year or two years of, of hiring these people is we were spending hours every day, just creating job postings, putting them up on Upwork or Odesk bringing in the applicants, interviewing them, and, and trying to figure out what the, the best hire was when at the end of the day, we could do our best, but we never really knew if that person was going to be reliable, if they were going to stick around, and if they were going to be able to communicate with us at a high level. And so when we got to that point, we, we kind of, we were frustrated, right? We were, we were business owners. We were frustrated by the time we were spending and, and the lack of reliability we were getting out of freelancers. And so we came up with this idea. We said, we're in e-commerce. We know this space really well. Why don't we try to create a solution for other e-commerce business owners to hire reliable freelancers? And we'll take care of the interviewing up front since we now have a, a really good system for that. And we'll make sure that business owners are only getting introduced to the top 1% of freelancers that they could potentially hire. And so that's really the, the start of everything and, and how the, the idea came to be. Well, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking back that there's, I mean, there's different issues with HR that, that change with laws and things like that, but the people stuff never changes, you know, getting the right person on the bus and the right seat, that whole line, that, it's so important. It doesn't matter if the business is brick and mortar online. And uh, it's just amazing how many companies struggle with that. But what I love about what you're doing is you almost force people who are working with you to focus on the very best. I mean, it is such a great idea. You're saving them so much time. 
Yeah, for sure. And I completely agree with you. The whole, um, I've obviously learned a lot more about the HR side of things and just recruitment and interviewing through these years of, uh, you know, first hiring people and then going through the process of building this network. And it makes such a big difference. And one thing that, that we have that, that makes us stand out is we have a we came up with about 15 pages of communication guidelines that all of our freelancers must pass before they get into the network. And the reason we did that was for us as business owners and when we were talking to other entrepreneurs, one of the biggest things that people hate about outsourcing or you know hiring remote workers is they don't have enough what I want to say is control or they don't feel like they're in communication enough with that person. And so it can lead to a lot of poor experiences just where the business owner doesn't really know what's going on or they don't know, they don't necessarily know how to manage someone who is on the other side of the world. And so these guidelines make sure that our, our freelancers understand, you know, this is an issue in the industry, but you can address these by communicating at these levels. You can, you know, tell people about uh, the, types of things that are going on, whether it's vacation or time off or you're sick on this day and, and how to handle different situations. So there aren't those small communication errors that happen um, so often in outsourcing. So does your site, is it employees or is it all freelancers? It's all freelancers right now. Okay. Gotcha. Well, it's funny what you were saying. I, one of my requirements for when I hire people to my team is you have to be highly responsive. It doesn't mean yep. that I reach out to you all the time, but you know, if I reach out to you, we need to be able to uh, fire back. So we use Slack for that. It works out really well. So good nice. stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the impact that even one remote worker can have on a startup. So I'll, I'll tell you, there's a backstory to this. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a buddy. I know he'll listen to this episode and he'll smile <laughs> right about now because he knows who he is. Uh, yeah. he, he's at a point. He's at a point where he could use a, a VA and he's been thinking about it. And we've been talking about it for a while. So I'd love to hear your perspective, that expert perspective on how one mm -hmm. remote worker could change the game for him. Yeah, I, I love that. It's a situation that I think most entrepreneurs eventually find themselves in. And it, for me, I was definitely there at one point too. It's this kind of psychological bridge you have to get over, right? The This idea of passing off work to someone else and being able to trust them to do it as at as high a level as you may be able to. Um, and so what, what you, when you said that, it kind of made me think of an example when we were running our Amazon business, a, a big aspect of it, of course, was answering customer service inquiries, jumping on customer service phone calls and, and handling all of the returns and refunds and cancellations that come with running an online store. And so as the business was starting to build my business partners and I, we, you know, we had shifts where we were making sure we were taking care of all of the customer service inquiries, but it was probably taking three to four hours out of each of our days to make sure that those emails, those phone calls were all being answered and, and customers were happy with their purchase. And so what we ended up doing was, and, and you said, you know, what's, what's the impact of even just hiring one remote worker. And so we, we hired a remote worker to, to come into our customer service team and start to push us out of those positions, push us out of those shifts. And so over about a, a month, two month period, we really brought them up to speed with what our customer service policies were. We walked them through our processes by giving them training guides and, and kind of walking them through how we handled things at our business. And within those two months, 
we, the three of us were able to pretty much completely move out of customer service and focus on other aspects of growing the business. So I think that, that, that story kind of shows, you know, if, if you're able to utilize a, a, rem, a remote worker in the right way and they have the skill set to be able to, to fill that job you're looking to get off your plate, it can make a big impact for you just to have more time to either grow your business or just to enjoy your life a little bit more. That's a, that's a great answer, man. I love that. And you know what's funny is I was thinking back to myself um, about a year ago, I was, you know, trying to do all these things by myself. And, I, you know, part of it was pride. Oh, I got this. And the other part mm -hmm. was I didn't realize how much time I was spending doing these little tasks. So mm -hmm. I got I got to a point one time and I said, man, I need to map out a whole week. I've got 168 <laughs> hours. Where is it going? So yeah. I started mapping out everything I was doing and it blew my mind. Like you say, you throw a, an hour of email a week and two or yeah. three hours on social media, you start adding it up and you're like, oh my gosh, there's like, you know, 15 or 20 hours or whatever it is. There's a lot of time that I don't need to be doing this. You know, mm -hmm. like with my business, if, if it's content creation, I do it because it has my voice, whether it's written or this, but if yep. somebody else can do it, I want to surround myself with people that are passionate about that and that are good at that because it allows me to focus on building business systems and things like that for the company. So yeah, it's this mental hurdle of, you know, I got to I gotta control everything, but you get to a point where you realize you're not going any higher unless you bring on that help. So that's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I love what you said there, too, because um, that is that's something that we always encourage people to do if they're first getting into to hiring remote workers or, you know, trying to build that team is is do exactly what you did. Sit down and actually look at where you're spending your time and figure out what you you don't need to be doing, right? Is it something that, you know, isn't worth your time? Is it not high level enough for your business? Could you easily pass it off to someone? Or is there an aspect of your business where you're trying to learn something on the fly um, and, and get good at it where you should rather be hiring someone who's an expert at it who could make your business grow faster if you just if you just uh, took the time to hire them and, and get them involved in your business. So I, I love that there's a lot of parallels between the way we're thinking. <laughs> there's something you said earlier in the show that, that made me giggle. You talked about uh, trying to hire remote workers at the lowest rate possible. Man, have I made that mistake before. <laughs> I'm telling everybody listening, you get what you pay for. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, as I'm able to, I try to give my team members regular raises and, and you know, get the best people I can. And the good people are going to cost money. I mean, you're not going to get, you know, mm -hmm. a phenomenal worker for three dollars an hour. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I don't care what you want. So, you know, guys, please, please focus on that, you know, and, and with uh, on that same line of thought. I mean, tell me your thoughts about getting what you pay for in regards to the quality of freelancers. Yeah, absolutely. So the way we the way we break it down at FreeUp is into three levels of freelancers, and I, I think this can apply pretty much in general in terms of what you're paying for a freelancer. Like you were saying, bottom of the barrel, you're definitely going to get what you pay for. Some people may work out. There may be some anomalies out there um, who are just you know younger and just trying to hustle and 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 work for some companies and do a great job. But for the most part, if you're paying two, three. $4 an hour, you're going to get lower quality than if you were willing to pay that, you know, seven to 10. But uh, like I was saying, we, we kind of split it up into to three levels. So there's your lower level. Um, and this person is more of a doer, right? So they may have some experience in the task you're looking to fulfill, but they're going to require some training up front on your end to get them into the task and make sure they're doing everything correctly. 
And then you have your, what we like to say just as our mid-level worker. This is someone, you know, who's going to be between that, let's say, 10 to $25 hour range. And this person is more of a specialist. So they, they have years of experience in the task. They know what they're doing. And the only training they may require is if it's specific to your company. So if you're if you're looking for, uh, you know, someone to come in who has a specialty in, you know, I'll just use an example, customer service again, uh, this person's going to be able to come in and, and know all the standard processes for answering emails, handling returns, all these things. But you may need to show them how you specifically handle it as a company so they can represent you in the best light. And then there's your third, which is your top tier, uh, which we call experts. And this is someone who's more of a high-level consultant. So they've worked in corporations on, on the specific skill set that they're doing. They continue to run their own business uh, that's consulting for other companies and things along these lines. And they're going to be able to come in and handle a skill set that maybe you don't even have on your team yet. They'll create a game plan, and they'll get it rolling after they get approval from you. So those are, I think those are the, the three levels we break it into. And, and yeah, like, we, like your question said, it's, it's all up to what you're going to pay. That's the quality you're going to get. And I guess another thought I had about that, if all you can afford to start is the $7 an hour person, start somewhere. Start somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, if you find that diamond in the rough and you can, you know, grow, they can grow with you, great. And if you, if you need to move up to a, a higher skill level at some point, you've got that option as well. But I'm a big fan of getting started in this area because mm -hmm. I, I know that it can help people take their business to another level. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, that's always been uh, my philosophy too. Is if you're gonna if you're gonna start at all, start slow. You know, if if, you, if you're new to it and a little weary about it, yeah, hire that that five to seven dollar per hour person. Get them trained up and and prove to yourself that that person can take some time off your plate and and be reliable. And I think once you go through a few people and and you start to see that your time's being freed up or, you know, you're making a bigger impact within those roles because someone's just focused on it for certain hours each week. That that then takes some of the stress off your shoulders of, can I hire a remote worker? Can this work out? And and then you can continue to move forward and come up with other ideas. Yeah, like, uh, like Connor said, I mean, not only is it nice to see that time freed up, but when you get to the point where you're so confident in the people that are working with you that you don't even think about what they do anymore, like mm -hmm. the guy that's going to listen to this audio and make it sound beautiful, I don't ever have to worry about it because he does phenomenal work. So I don't even think about it. I, I record it. I get it to him. I get it back. And I know it's going to sound great. It's a really wonderful feeling. And it's stress-free when A, you have the time and B, you know, the deliverable is going to be world class. That's that's what we all need to get to. That's what we're aiming for. So good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd like to get three significant ways that remote workers can take a business to the next level. And I want you to really think about that zero to 12 month startup because that's probably most mm. of the audience we've got here. So yeah. think about that for a minute and let us know what you think. Okay, cool. Um, you're looking for like specific tasks would that be helpful yeah like sure. specific things that they could take over okay any cool. way you want to roll with it my friend all right awesome um so i, I guess just in general if we're talking about you know people who are just starting up their business um we we went through this we free up isn't that old we started about a year and a half ago um so our philosophy when when starting out is is always to get to a critical point where you are making some money and then slowly start to reinvest back into a team while also putting some money into your bank and then paying, paying yourselves a little bit too. 
Um, so we like to break it up there when, when starting a business and, and dedicate some of that to actually building out a team. And so the, the strategy, I guess, and, and this, is, this could be the first piece of advice is as you're building your business, I think one of the most important things is making sure that you're setting up systems and processes for everything that you're doing. So, you know, if you're going out and starting all of your social media channels, make sure that you have a content calendar, make sure that you have a process by which you're posting every day, by which you're interacting with other people and you're trying to get more people to join your communities. Um, you know, that might be an example. There's going to be a lot of other things depending upon your business that also need systems and processes. And once you get to that point where you've, you've got it all set up and you really feel good about the system and process, to me, that's the perfect time to try to find someone to bring in, even if it's only for a few hours per week, to help you out in those areas of running your company so that you can move on to the next task and you can create a system and a process there. Um, as the business owner, you're the one who's building, you're the one who's trying to set the foundation for everything. But if you don't pass things off your plate, you're never going to be able to continue to build the other areas that are going to eventually make you a large company. So I think that's the, the first piece of advice. Um, let's see. <laughs> so the second piece of advice that I would offer in terms of using remote workers to grow your, your startup business is, um, is making sure that once you get to a place where you can't take on something, it's not your expertise. Make sure that you bring in someone who can set it up for you and manage it. So I can give you an example here. Uh, it was probably about nine months into starting the business. So within the first year, my business owner and I had set up a, a bunch of different um, processes and teams within the company. And we kind of had divvied them up to each other and were running them equally. Um, he was handling a lot of sales things, a lot of internal operations, handling our bookkeeping and things along these lines. And then I was more on the marketing content um, and advertising side. And something that came up that we wanted to go after because our, our budget had opened up was trying out Facebook ads. This is something that's been, <laughs> excuse me, something that's been hot in the industry, something that's been working out a lot for businesses as they've been growing quickly. And so we wanted to give it a shot. And we kind of talked to each other and we said, you know, Connor's probably the one that could that could run this best. He doesn't have much experience, but he knows the most about Facebook. He knows about the most about marketing. So if anyone if anyone were going to do it, he should do it. But what we decided was it could probably take me two, three, four months to actually get a really good hold on Facebook ads. And that would be a lot of time and money invested into figuring that out without a real outcome until maybe six months down the line. And so what we decided to do was <clears throat> we decided to hire a remote freelancer who had a very high level understanding of Facebook ads, had been running campaigns for companies for the past two years or so, and who we knew could come in and, and really take it to the next level. And that really allowed us to start to bring in leads within a couple months because we had someone who was running that at a, at, a, at a high level. And that's not something that we could have done ourselves. And I think that's something that a lot of people stray away from when they're starting their business because they're afraid to make that investment or they're afraid to bring on that person. So I definitely encourage people to do that. And like I said earlier, just do it slowly. Hire that person to work 
five hours per week and just let them do it gradually. Let them add things in, let them get things set up and, and start to see some impacts. If it doesn't work out, go ahead and take that person out of the equation and look to go into some other area. And then the third uh, piece that I would that I would offer in terms of remote workers um, is hire a remote worker to handle your bookkeeping. I think bookkeeping can be one of the, the most laborious and repetitive processes and can take a decent amount of time out of your out of your time that you can actually build your business. And uh, we, we hired a bookkeeper a couple months in of running our business and it was one of the best decisions we made. He continues to work with the company today. He now communicates with our, our accountant who handles all of our taxes and he's just completely on top of our books. He handles all our billing, handles all payments. So it was just an amazing hire when we were getting the business off the ground. And that became a part of the, the business that myself and my business owner didn't necessarily have to worry about. Very nice. Yeah, that's my next move is get somebody to handle the books. It's uh, I like people. Numbers aren't my thing. I understand <laughs> them, but I would rather not mess with them. Uh, your yeah. second point made me think, so you're like this. Um, when I brought on my first remote worker, who's still with me, by the way, it's almost, almost a year now, getting close. But nice. uh, she asked me, she said, so when you – write your blogs and you put your social media posts out there, uh, what kind of a content calendar do you use? I'm like, I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? She, she <laughs> said, how do you decide what you're going to write about or how do you decide what your topics are? Mm. Uh, so I just sit down on the computer and just roll with it. She's like, you have no plan? I was like, I do have a plan. My plan is I have no plan. <laughs> and she was horrified. But that's when I realized, you know what, that is important, but that's not my thing. Like, I'm not doing that. So mm -hmm. we just uh, actually connected two nights ago late, and she's uh, said, hey, I need this stuff from you now through, I think we're good through the end of September or into October or something like that. So we've got a, a plan nice. set out pretty far, and it's really helpful. I mean, she takes care of that, but she needs a little bit for me here and there. And uh, that, that's just a great example. You know, I used to try to be that jack of all trades and a jack mm -hmm. of all trades. This is what's so funny. So I knew a guy that his name was Jack and Jack <laughs> was the, the worst jack of all trades like I've ever met. Like he did more than anybody I knew, but he was like 4% effective in a hundred areas. So, you know, me seeing somebody else, I was like, oh man, now I get it. I don't want to be that guy. So, mm -hmm. you know, now I've narrowed my personal focus quite a bit and everybody listening should really think about that as well. Mm -hmm. Take your strengths and try to make them even stronger and outsource everything else. Yeah. I like that. I like that story too, because it, it kind of shows as well how, um, how, you know, a remote worker can kind of challenge you in the way you're thinking as well. That's definitely happened for me too, where, you're working with someone and, and they bring up an idea that you you didn't you weren't thinking of at all or you weren't going to think of and uh, and they were able to kind of give you that creative spark. So that's happened plenty of times as well. Um, I, I think a lot of people get a disconnect from remote workers, but people are people, you know, all over the world and, and everyone's just trying to, to trying to build build businesses when you're a freelancer or a business owner. So a lot of ideas can come out of those relationships too. Oh yeah. And, and one thing that's great about my team is like all of them are action takers. All of them are very organized. I'm kind of like the, the gypsy in the group. I, I don't do <laughs> structure. I just kind of float around and I'm like the big visionary, but they keep me in line. They, they speak up when they have better ideas and I'm a big own your process guy. So it keeps them very happy, very engaged with what they're doing. I think, unless somebody's not telling me something, but I don't think that's the case, but no fun stuff. So th this is kind of a curveball question for you, and it's not meant to trick you or anything. I'm just curious to see what you'll say. 
Uh, yeah. By the way, great job with the three the three ways question. That was a tough question. I didn't mean it for it to be, but it was a lot of content there. So good All stuff. Good. Um, how does somebody get out of the rat race and, and start a good side hustle? So I know you've done a couple types mm-hmm. of businesses. There's people listening right now that are thinking to themselves, the thought of going to work tomorrow makes me want to tear out my hair and scream. <laughs> so yeah. what, what would you suggest? You've done the Amazon thing. You've done some different things. Uh, good side hustle. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think a good side hustle, my advice to people who are looking to, to get out of whether it's their corporate job or whatever job they have is find an area where you are an expert um, and start your side hustle doing consultant work and getting your first set of clients and, and working your way out that way. So, um, you know, if you're if you're working for a big company and you're doing some sort of marketing, let's say you're doing social media or you're doing SEO or whatever it may be, start your side hustle that way. Get on one of these freelance marketplaces, look at, look for people who are looking for help on Craigslist, go into Facebook groups and find places where people are looking for help in certain areas and contribute your thoughts. Um, and, and start to build up a, f- a few people and offer them your services. Maybe you're, you offer them an hourly rate and you just do some work for them. You never know what, what you know, client relationships can turn into. That's really the way we started free up. We, we kind of had our, our e-commerce business behind us and, and we knew we were experts there. So we were offering out a lot of e-commerce consulting services and we got some first clients and then started to, to offer them the idea of hiring workers as well. And, and it kind of took off from there. And we, from building those great relationships with those first clients, it allowed us to then tap into them to meet their friends and to get exposed to their network. So to get the side hustle going, I definitely encourage you to find your expertise, find people who are looking for that, and just go after them. Hustle out there and, and try to find those those first people that will pay for your services. I think that's great advice. I appreciate that, my friend. So what is next for you guys? If you look at today to the end of the year, what do you guys have cooking? Sure. So um, we've been up to a lot this year. We've been doing a lot of growth um, year over year. Right now, we're, we're doing about 700% growth over what we were doing last year. So um, a lot of organic growth and What's on the horizon is we have about another quarter um, before the fourth quarter, which is the busiest for us. Um, the e-commerce industry, as anyone knows who's probably listening, is is the time when people, especially in the United States, just buy things to buy things. Um, and, and a lot of our clients are e-commerce business owners. So it's, it's a time when they're going to be looking to up their staff and bring on more help for the holiday season. So over the next three months or so, we're going through a big content push. So right now I'm, I'm building about 10 different guides that are teaching people about online hiring, teaching beginners how to hire their first worker, teaching people who have their own business and already have a team how to manage them and build a, a remote company culture um, and go into a, a bunch of other aspects as well. And then we're also going to be expanding our reach to hopefully more people by getting a little bit into Google AdWords. That's something we haven't dove into yet. Um, we see some opportunity there. We have some good traffic coming from just organic search. So we're going to be trying to get into that as well to, to bring in some more interested people. Very nice, man. Very nice. Um, so if somebody listening is inspired and wants to talk to you or learn more about your company, what's the best way for them to do so? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you should definitely check out freeup.com. That's F-R-E-E-E up.com. If you want to talk to me, um, I mean, we could put my email right in the show notes. I'm happy to, to have any, anyone reach out to me. My email is just Connor at freeup.com. And then you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. That's where I'm most active. And my handle is just my name, Connor Gillivan. So a lot of ways to reach out to me. I love speaking with other entrepreneurs or people that are looking to get into the grind. Um, I actually just had a, one of my cousins call me today who's looking to start his first business and had an awesome conversation with him. So love talking to other people who are trying to start their own business. Beautiful. I love it. Well, I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Yep, take care. All right, we are back. Connor, thank you, man. Appreciate it. You have cool business, and you're a really, really nice guy yourself, so awesome. Well, if you guys want to check out the show notes and uh, see everything that we talked about, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 83 to get not only the conversation highlights, but Connor's bio and picture and information that we discussed there as well. So all kinds of good stuff. So here's something interesting for you guys. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff with Facebook marketing lately for myself and for clients. And just Facebook as an animal is interesting because they're literally making changes like every month. Like it's always something changing. And that's cool. You know, there's 700 million users on Instagram, actually more than that now. 2 billion on Facebook, over a billion a day on mobile. So a lot of stuff happening with that platform. And just if you think about that, ask yourself, is my business set up to take advantage of where people are at? So like what, what I mean as an example, I just went on my website before getting on to it and just deleted my contact page. Like I don't need that anymore. I just said I uh, created a button to click. If you want to talk to me about anything, you can send it straight to Messenger. So it's so much easier. Everybody's there anyway. It's much more likely that a client would reach out to me just through the app on their, their Facebook Messenger than sitting down at a computer and banging out that contact form. So just little things like that to think about. You know, how can you make your business more responsive? How can you make it easier and more appealing for people to get in touch with you? Just little stuff like that is what I'm talking about, but um, really good stuff. What I want you guys to do this week is I want you to look at something in your life or your business that you're just not real happy with. And I don't care if you've been messing with it for a year. I don't care if it's been even longer. Don't be scared to try something new, you know. If something's not working at a certain point, you got to tweak a little bit and try again. So that's that's my challenge for you for the week. Let me know what happens. Hope it works for you well. We will catch up to you next week. Thanks again, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.